Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos, and today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, it is that time of year. It's that special time of year when college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us, and we're just days away from the Sweet 16. And if you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is your number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the website right now or go on your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Believe B L E A V to get started. BetOnline, your continued source for all your favorite sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Super excited to have this guest on here today. They've had me on their platform a couple of times, and so now we're doing a bit of a home and home here. He is a producer and writer for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Also to the in, uh, the inundated and initiated uh, BTSC. 33,000 followers on Twitter. Brian Anthony Davis, my friend, man, thank you so much for coming on the pod. How are you today? I am fantastic, and I didn't know about 33,000, which is, you know, it's perfect because the Steelers, 1933, that's kind of a magic number. It is a magic number, and and that right there is probably triple the attendance of any Pittsburgh Pirates game this year. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, don't get me started. That place, PNC Park, is a gem. It deserves yes. to have a winner, but the owners are complete knobs, and they don't care. Well, I was looking at it the other day. It looks like $33 million on their payroll coming in this year. Well, we got other teams at $230 million. And that's what I've heard from the Pittsburgh faithful is that that ballpark is absolutely beautiful. And, and in a weird story, I grew up uh, a closeted uh, Pirates fan because of Barry Bonds and Andy Van Slyke and Doug Drabeck and Bobby Bonilla and Jim Leland smoking heaters in the dugout. I love that team. <laughs> I, hated, I hated the Braves. And, yeah, I, I just heard that the ballpark's an absolute beautiful experience and not a lot of people get a chance to enjoy no, it, it's absolutely fantastic. And if they would just put some money into that team, it would be fantastic because that is a great place to go ahead and watch a ball game. And I had an opportunity. I'm also, I have a son who's about to be 15, but this was about eight years ago when he just joined scouts and he had his uniform on and I got roped into being uh, you know, a scout parent, and now I'm the scout master. So uh, I'm, I'm a boy. I'm the scout master, which I like. I mean, my idea of like being outdoors is like being in the freezer for a couple of seconds, and you know. But I, I absolutely love it. So we went down for Pirate Day. It was Scout Day, and it was in September, and it was great because the Pirates were in contention. They won the division back in '15. And actually, no, I think they ended up with a wild card. I guess the Cubs took it that year. They, mm-hmm. they lost that, uh, that playoff to the Cubs. But so I'm there and they say, all right, you guys can just line up here in the outfield. I'm like, what? So I'm like, I'm trekking on the field where Andrew McCutcheon's going to roam in just a couple couple of minutes. And it was, it was just fantastic. In my little scout uniform and my son's just all happy. And I'm like, I think I'm happier because... I am on hallowed PNC ground. Don't worry. Scoutmaster Davis will know what to do. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Where did Scoutmaster Davis go? He's running He's running away in the woods. Um, I wanted to hop on here. We're going to talk some general NFL. Definitely going to talk a little Steelers. Maybe get some perspective of what you think the Bears are and aren't doing this offseason. But let's just start off for my audience real quick. Um, I do have a healthy – it's not just Chicago sports fans always listening to my pod. My audience has a little bit of a Pittsburgh flavor, a little bit of a hybrid too as well. So if you can, just kind of maybe give us the quick biography of Behind the Steel Curtain and just, you know, what you guys bring to the table because you're, you're streaming shows multi on the week on doing YouTube. You know, you're doing, as my wife uh, loves to say, Stack Geek, which is coming out every single Thursday. Just walk us through the biography so the audience gets a chance to check out the Steel Curtain when they're done listening. Well, you know what? I have uh, my other child is my daughter was in kindergarten at the time and she had this little boy that she just absolutely loved named will and she would always talk about will and i i saw them once at the chiropractor and ironically it was during the the, the uh, pirates and cardinals five game series in 2013 and oh. i didn't want to be it it was like kids day at the chiropractor and and uh i'm there and Jeff Hartman, who is Will's dad, 
was there and he's always wearing Pittsburgh stuff. And I had to say something to him. And I, cause we, I knew he was going to be miserable that he wasn't watching the game either. Cause it was a day game and pirates lost one, nothing to the Cardinals that day. But anyways, so I, I just started talking to him. I found out that he's from Wheeling, but he's living in Hagerstown and, uh, and huge Steeler fan. And I let him know my allegiance too. Cause he was always had Pittsburgh stuff on. So a couple, I would say about, that was September. And then come June, they have something called field day where the kids, it was like the last day of school and the elementary school kids just run around like crazy. And I, I think they completely sugar them up, let them run around. And then we off take the them leash. Home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I got off work early to pick my daughter up and I figured I'll go check it out. And I'm standing there and this guy comes over to me who I've seen before, but I've really never talked to. Uh, just that one time and it's Jeff and said hey what do you think of the Steelers this year and I said well you know what I read an article this morning about Levant not I'm sorry Lawrence Timmons and how he wants to be a Steeler for life and he said yeah you know I wrote that I'm like what get out of town what are you talking about um and he said yeah I wrote that article I'm the brand new editor at behind the steel curtain and it's funny because I'm like I didn't even realize what I was reading it on. And I found out his name. I'm like, oh my gosh, two weeks ago, I almost wrote this scathing. I disagreed with him so much. I wrote this, almost wrote this scathing thing. You don't know what you're talking about. Still haven't told Jeff that. So I hope he's not listening. <laughs> um, but then I found out I had, a, I had to subscribe and sign up and I just was too lazy to do so. So I, I didn't troll him that time. And I'm glad I didn't because six days later, I had my first article. And btsc behind the steel curtain has been around i can't even tell you uh, maybe 2008 2009 mm. something like that but it fairly small and has built its way up when jeff took over in 2015 did a lot of great things started the podcast platform with just two other people and now we have 18 19 strong on the podcast jeff left two years ago for two months for greener pastures and realized that the pastures weren't exactly where he wanted to graze. So he came back, but in that time he was gone, I became the podcast producer and Dave Schofield, the stat geek who you mentioned, he uh, became editor and now he's editor Jeff's um, the senior editor and I'm the podcast producer. And we took from an average of a thousand downloads a day. And now and I'm talking March. This is the off season. We are at, we're averaging 23,000 downloads a day. Mm. So, which is close to, we're about to, in another week, we're going to beat 2 million for the year. Oh man. So. Con congratulations. And honestly, it makes so much sense. And for, for my side and my part, I've said it on your guys show before, but I have so many now uh, in-law family members that love the show so much. And it's, it's one of those things too, where it's like when you go to a city and I, I'll just say Chicago, for example, you know, everyone's like, you know, where's the best place to get pizza? And you throw them at the tourist place. I feel like BTSC is like the one where Chicagoans go, no, this is the one you really got to go to. You know what I mean? Like this is if you really want to get into the Steelers info and get in the information, this is where you go. This is the cool bar. Maybe not the one that's on necessarily Zagat's or whatever. This is the <laughs> one that's it's, it's built for Yinzers. You know what I mean? It's built for hardcore Steelers fans. And honestly, congratulations on the growth, man. And, and people really, people really enjoy it. And I, it just seems like it's only going to go up from here. Thank you so much. We're just fans. We're, yeah. we, we don't try to pretend to be anything else where we bleed black and gold and we love talking about it. And if you come on one of our YouTube shows and you put something in the chat, we're probably talking to you. And we, we ended up, get, we've gotten podcasters and writers just from the live chat by them submitting some things and, and just forming relationships but we don't want it ever to be that like okay if we don't like your opinion we're not gonna just kill you like they do on on sports talk radio uh we're just not gonna go after you we're just gonna say okay i get that point but think about this and then next thing you know everybody's buddies and it's we call it the btsc family so i really appreciate you saying that yeah not a problem so let's do it let's dive into some general nfl real quick um let's just keep it easy because i you know let's play a little mad libs if you want um, if you could fill in the blank here, this NFL offseason for you has been blank. Has been satisfying. Yeah. And I, I've got to say, because we're 
as Steeler fans, we're not used to this team spending money, Joey. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, but when they spend, they spend it right. And they've always done it that way. They just don't throw it around. They don't go and get Albert Hainsworth when he's available. You know, they, because I remember when, when Washington picked up Albert Hainsworth, people were on there just complaining like crazy. Why can't they do it like New England? Why can't they do it like Pittsburgh? Get pieces of the puzzle. And that's what's that's what the Steelers do so well. If you look around the league, they'll probably say, yeah, Pittsburgh had C plus, B minus. But for what Pittsburgh needed, yeah, they, they hit it out of the park. So it's been very satisfying. And it's been it's been an interesting offseason from the aspect of, you know, typically the casual fan goes, hey, spend some money on my team, get some players in here. This particular offseason, if you look at the teams that were spending money and throwing it around like crazy, I'm almost kind of glad I'm not a part of that group, right? I mean, you see the Jaguars just throwing, what, $20 million a year at a guy like Christian Kirk. You know, you see the Jets making moves. And it isn't really any of the major players going out there spending huge dollars. Now, all of a sudden, the Dolphins are making crazy moves where they're signing Armstead and they're giving Tyreek Hill $30 million. It's almost like I'm kind of glad we're not in that category there. And maybe, like, spending more prudently makes you seem like you have a little bit more of intelligence going on in your organization. I'll ask you this. Let's open it up. Miles Jack, James Daniels, Mitch Trubisky, or other, which has you most excited right now for, to play on the Steelers next year? I really think it's James Daniels, and it's because of the age, what he brings to the line. And now I'm excited about those other guys, too. Even, my gosh, even Olszewski, who it took me a long time to pronounce, and I was so glad they picked up this guy, uh, Gunnar Olszewski, just because Yinzers, Pittsburgh fans are going to have the worst time. Oh, <laughs> Yin's going downtown. See that old chef's that also Lusky coming in. Yeah, I haven't been this excited about a long haired guy with a mullet since Jeremy Jagger. And I, they're just gonna call him Osh, right? Or just like <laughs> stop, just stop one syllable in. <laughs> yeah, he's just Gunner. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. No, the, the James Daniels thing, the whole everybody that knows about the Steelers knows what they have in Najee Harris, and it, it seems like they went through free agency to build a team around Najee exactly what what they did and by bringing in Daniels a guy that's 24 years old and you're all familiar with him and thank you thank you uh for making him available this is a guy that I really think that could be the linchpin for the line I hope I'm not I, I hope I'm not uh validating it way too much but yeah, I'm excited about that because you fix the line, you fix the running game, you fix, you update, upgrade the, the passing game a little bit, you really fix the running game. So that's, I love the Daniel signing. It seems like this guy could be a pro bowler. No, he really can. And and I, I was saying on your guy's show too as well, it's funny, I it's he doesn't obviously when we bring in a new general manager he's an offensive line background you know how it goes in the nfl with like my guys and your guys james daniels just wasn't ryan poles's guy so you just didn't feel like he was spending that money on him we didn't let him go out of anything other than maybe you know he wasn't that healthy over a year or so it wasn't because of his play you know what i mean so i i think the flaws are pretty minimal with james daniels he already seems to be taking to pittsburgh pretty quickly saw his press conference you know i mean he's really excited Spoke really eloquently about what it means to put on the Steelers uniform. He's crazy young, right? He's 24, 25 years old. This guy can honestly become a cornerstone for, you know, the next, I don't know, eight to ten years if you're lucky. And I, and I think it's a really good move. I, I don't see any downside with it personally. I'm hoping that the Bears are right with the moves that we're making now because we're, we're moving down the road a little bit. It's going to be a couple years before we're competitive again. James Daniels can be on a team that's competitive now, and it might be the Steelers. Moving over... Um, what are your expectations for Mitch Trubisky this year? You know, a wise sage from from Chicago media said to me, he said, look, if you could have a running game 25 to 30 times a, a game with Mitch back there, you're going to do well. Now, he's going to be an adventure 20 to 30 yards down the field, but for what he does, he knows how to win guy knows how to play and i believe that was you who told me that uh so i have my gosh i have quoted you 
two or three <laughs> thousand times in the last oh, two or three weeks. And I appreciate I've even that. credited you with it because that that's huge to me to be able to say, look, we know that the Trubisky's not going to come in and be Russell Wilson. We know he's not going to be Ben Roethlisberger. But bringing the guy in at the price, my gosh, that's the cheapest you're going to get a, a guy with a 29 and 21 record to come in an established quarterback. And dare I, dare I say game manager, but it seems like if he could just manage the game, get to the open receiver and get Najee the ball 25 to 30 times, then it's going to be a very successful year in Pittsburgh where they can make the second round. They can make, they can make, make the AFC championship game. They can make the Super Bowl with a guy like this. And I liken it to Ryan Tannehill a lot. Mm-hmm. Tannehill was lost in Tennessee, excuse me, in Miami, goes to Tennessee, got an Alabama running back that wears 22 hmm. in Derrick Henry. <laughs> and now the Steelers have a running back from Alabama wears 22. So I'm hoping it's that kind of change of scenery that's going to work well. I know he was with Buffalo last year as well, but it, it just seems that maybe this could be his chance to have a little bit of a career renaissance at the age of 27. Uh, love everything that the guy says and does. He seems like a model citizen. That's definitely not to be overlooked. Pittsburgh really have been looking for model citizens ever since the the disaster with uh, Mr. Third and Fifth uh, Antonio Brown, um, or who we like to call Richard Gummies because of the incident throwing uh, novelty gummy bears that were shaped phallically um, at at the press and at the at his old girlfriend um with the other what guy, guy. mr <laughs> butt naked and robbed was the other guy the uh, the guy that uh lost twenty five two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of merchandise to uh two ladies of the evening Le'Veon bell so i mean they they're going in a different character direction so i'm hoping that's uh that's something that pays off and anytime i can throw those incidents out i love to because they're just funny they make me giggle yeah, well, that's all you really can do when you look back at that time because it's one of the great probably what-ifs of that Steelers era when you have all those guys on the team at the exact same time. Uh, I appreciate the kind words, um, and, I, and I believe what I said wholeheartedly because in the stats, the proof is in the pudding if you look up the stats with Mitch Trubisky. I find it to be very interesting that he is going to a place where his style of play or what makes him successful is is exactly what you guys want to do. And I don't think that was ever the exact same case that he was in Chicago, where I think Matt Nagy did eventually wanted to be wanted to have that quarterback that chucked the ball 35, 40 times, you know, around the field all the time. I mean, you know, in your estimation last year, and, and am I correct that in terms of when it came to the passing game with the Steelers last year, when you would see these numbers from Big Ben passing the ball 30, 35 times, you know, what do you think that was a product of? Was that a product out of necessity terms of game score? Was that a product of, you know, the, you know, giving the ball to Big Ben in his hands? You know, why do you think the running game didn't quite work the way it should have last year for the Steelers? Well, let's do the passing game first. All those short passes was just so Ben would not die. There, there, was, there was a chance that he could have been murdered on the field with guys like Miles Garrett running around. And if he couldn't get that ball off quick, I mean, his number seven would have been on one side of the field and his head would be rolling on the other side because he was going to get attacked. And that's the only way they could survive. And that, that quick dink and dunk passing game, that was out of necessity. It was also the product of having a, uh, having an offensive coordinator in, Randy land. We call him Randy land because it's just the worst amusement park ever. Um, but Randy Feetner, who just could not, he was a quarterback's coach and he was Ben's hire. Ben wanted him in there because Ben was comfortable with him. So the joke around Pittsburgh, the last couple of years before they made the change to uh, bring in Matt Canada was that the offensive coordinator is named Ben Roethlisberger and it all went through him. So that was kind of the problem. They really want to get back And Art Rooney II said, we need to go ahead and establish a running game again. And the reason the running game didn't work is because Najee Harris was just getting mobbed at the line. There were no holes. 
you know, you know, you can have a solid piece of wood and there would be more holes in that than Najee Harris had a chance to run through. Yeah. This guy, to tell you how great Najee Harris was last year, his numbers aren't going to suggest it. But the guy was constantly turning three-yard losses into one-yard gains. And sometimes, and like towards the end of the season, even more, he didn't die out at the end of the season. He actually got stronger. Um, but he was just, he had nowhere to go. So you fix the line, you get a better quarterback situation in there. And this is, this is no offense to Ben Roethlisberger because Ben Roethlisberger did great things, but he was a round peg going in a square hole or vice versa. I think I screwed that up. But anyways, I mean, the offense, Matt Canada's offense was not for him. You know, that, that was just not the offense. It was just a complete mismatch. Kind of like a show that we talked about, you know, uh, before we went on, Perfect Strangers. It was like Larry Appleton and Balky Bartokoulos. It just I was like, who's the Balky? Who's the Balky in this scenario? Is it, is it Randy? Is it Randy Land, I guess? In that uh, I, it could have been, or it could have been Matt Canada coming in, but it just, it just didn't fit. It, yeah. uh, it it really didn't fit. So, you know, I'm really excited about what Mitch brings to this because they're calling Mitch the bridge guy, which if you've noticed the Steelers right now, they're taking everybody out to dinner that's a quarterback. If you've got a QB in your title, they're taking every this week, everybody. In fact, I have it on good authority that they're taking out Hubert from the video game and Mayor Quimby. Because they've got a really? QB in their name. Because they'll take those guys out to eat. Because this team just doesn't, I mean, they're, it's no joke. They are telling everybody, yeah, we're looking at quarterbacks. Might not be in the first round, but it's going to be in the second round if it's not in the first. But you Mitch. Walk, you walk in and their big board just says like Johnny Utah and like, uh, and, and Kush. Yeah, and, oh, uh, yeah, Kush. <laughs> Surf for ski, man. Surf for ski. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I have my money on uh that's funny. I've got I got a funny story about that. I've really got my money on a young John Moxon. He's a smart quarterback Ooh, interesting. from East from Texas. But uh West Canaan. He, he, four wide receivers on one side. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's why I'm on this show. Every year I do I do my my uh my mock draft, my uh my fantasy mock draft where uh -huh. I think I think last year or two years ago, I had them taking uh, uh, Jefferson from Fast Times at Ridgemont High in the first oh, really? round. I mean, yeah, just because I mean, I mean, you get him, you ruin his car, and uh, you fix it up with your. Don't worry, my dad's a TV repairman. No, I mean, you do that, and that guy's just gonna, he's gonna rip everybody's head off. Uh, someone moved up and took Willie Beeman. You had to do what you had to do, and I, you, you, know you made it happen. <laughs> Willie Beeman fell. I mean, I I would go Shane Falco before I go Willie Beeman. That's just oh the yeah, kind that's of... a good that's a good call. I mean, yeah, a little bit more of a solid. I mean, if you are going to do a bridge situation, maybe Falco is probably good for that that hand set of games. Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Athletic Greens. Now, tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So what are you waiting for? Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you go to athleticgreens.com slash believe, that's B-L-E-A-V. Again, athleticgreens.com slash believe these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration these products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease athletic greens take ownership of your health now back to the pod this trubisky signing is all well and good and i and I, everyone that i've talked to the steelers is optimistic that it's going to work and look i don't think that he's going to embarrass you and in fact i think he's going to surprise a lot of people i just don't think it excludes you guys from really really possibly taking a quarterback in the first round or possibly the second round of this upcoming draft. You're hearing it already about Malik Willis, right? Where Malik Willis now is being rumored to the Lions at two. 
This is what happens every single time. I guarantee you at this point, maybe Kenny Pickett will end up in the top 10. Do you have a favorite in the list? I mean, is it a Ritter? Is it a Corral? Is it a Willis? Do you think it would be wise for the Steelers to move at 20? And also, if those if Pickett and Willis are already gone, do you maybe then just punt to a next round? If you were in that war room right now, what would you do for the Steelers in terms of approaching this draft at number 20? If I'm perfectly honest with you, my ideal drafting of a quarterback is in 2023 because I don't love this draft hall at quarterback. I like last year's a little bit better. I think next year's is going to be just as good. You know, as Pittsburgh fans and you guys know him, Artie Burns. He was on the roster the last couple of years, a cornerback. Yeah. And Pittsburgh went in that 2016 draft hell bent on getting a C and a B together they wanted a cornerback and they had all eyes on William Jackson the third Cincinnati jumps in and takes him and so you know two years later Pittsburgh says all right we're gonna we'll, we'll see you taking our guy taking William Jackson the third over and leaving us with Artie Burns we'll show you we know Cincinnati wants a certain Oklahoma State quarterback so we're gonna trade up to take Mason Rudolph away from you Cincinnati and we'll show you and they Darn it, they did. Ooh, they learned uh, their lesson. They learned their lesson. But the reason I bring all that up is the fact that I don't draft a quarterback for the sake of drafting a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I was trying to say this last week on, on the Steelers preview with Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield and myself. Like, if you want steak for dinner and you go to the supermarket and the only thing there is liver, don't buy liver. Liver sucks. It's horrible. It leaves a dry taste in your mouth. It's the worst meat ever. You don't want liver when you want steak. Wait until steak is available. And so that's what I'd rather them do. And Mitch Trubisky coming in makes it so they can be a little choosy and not desperate. So my ideal guy, even though it's 2023, it's a second rounder. And I would love to see a Desmond Ritter in the second round. I can, you know, a lot of people will go crazy on me for saying this, but I would even settle for Sam Howell in the second round, but not in the first. Mm-hmm. I don't even want Desmond in the first. Um, I could see a lot of people think that Malik Willis is going to fall. You just mentioned Detroit at number two. I, I think he's, he's saying all the right things, doing all the right things, and he's going to catch some fire a lot. Like my gosh, if you remember the 2017 draft, um, when Mitch Trubisky just in the last the Browns, weeks, the Browns, dro- the Browns drove all that. You know what I mean? That was, that was heavy Browns driven that they were thinking about, you know, moving up and taking Trubisky. Of course they end up doing miles Garrett. Duh. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy how that really accelerated because we thought it was Watson the whole time. And look, anyone that thinks that it should have been Patrick Mahomes just doesn't remember that year because Patrick Mahomes just was not on the top five radar. He just, he just no, wasn't. I mean... And and yeah, no, it's just funny how these things kind of work and manipulate. And I, I, I was on a Lions podcast the other day and they are literally now thinking about, you know, punting on Aiden Hutchinson or Kyle Hamilton and taking Malik Willis at two. God bless them. But man, this is just funny how this works with the NFL and the NFL draft. Because, you know, it's all about promotion. If you, mm-hmm. when that guy gets promoted, and all of a sudden, you're like, man, I've got to get this guy. We need this guy. It, it, it's just like this. If you see a commercial for hemorrhoid cream, and you've never had a history of hemorrhoids, but they're they're selling you on how awesome that it is, and you can't live your life without having the new preparation, Triple H, in your uh, <laughs> in your closet, because you just might get the get hemorrhoids in 2029, then you're going to say, Oh, maybe I should look at that. I should always, I should have that guy. So I mean, look I mean, at that. Look at the eggs slide right off that pan. I mean, it's just, they just <laughs> yeah. slide right off. It's just like, what have I been doing my whole life? Yeah. I have to have those eggs and they're not even real eggs, but I'm going to have them swirling them around and advertising yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. And that's, that's what they're doing with these quarterbacks and agents are, that's why agents are uh, having more beautiful women, nicer cars and everything than we do. Because they know how to sell. What is your reaction to just all the moves in the AFC North? I mean, obviously the Bengals are going to be returning, you know, Super Bowl losers, but they still won the AFC championship. 
You know, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be banking on Lamar Jackson being a little bit healthier this year, maybe the return of J.K. Dobbins. And then you've got the Cleveland Browns, who have traded for Amari Cooper and now have traded for Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, from your perspective, you know, what, well, how are you kind of handicapping the, the, the division at this particular time right now? I will always say when it's Brown, flush it down when it comes to Cleveland. And, uh, yeah, seriously. Something's going to go wrong, right? Cleveland – this is Cleveland and I'm holding up toilet paper for on audio, you know, it, because with them, why I have that prop next to me? I don't know, but I, I just anticipated that it was Fred gag on another show, but Cleveland, man, the worst run organization ever. As far as I'm concerned, remember hard knocks a couple of years ago. That was an embarrassment. Yeah. It really was an embarrassment watching that and how they handle their business. And they just don't, get it right they took they took one of the one of my least favorite guys the guy that i challenged to a fight baker mayfield on a show and baker mayfield's middle name is reagan which makes would mean he's awesome to me oh. you know i mean because <laughs> i'm an 80s guy and reagan like all right you've done something right but they made him a sympathetic figure yeah they've made this guy into something that i mean they're they they're turning him into Darth Vader at the end of Jedi when he's dying and he's Anakin Skywalker is like, Hey, yeah. I mean, maybe we should like him now because he said he was sorry. Well, you know what? No committed all these atrocities throughout the entire universe and all, murdered all these people on all these different planets, but we're, and we're missed gonna... the guy on third and eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, and and he, he's a sympathetic guy. figure now. I hate Baker Mayfield. And now he's a sympathetic figure because they kind of screwed him over. They did him wrong. And, and they brought in someone who quite possibly has been a worse person in life. Like yes. they somehow managed to top that by bringing in someone who, you know, let's be honest, is, is a creep. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what, what happens there? I mean, you know, obviously I think the thing with Deshaun was that, you know, I, I do think that his frame isn't really built for the NFL. Everyone was always worried about injuries with him and that's going to be kind of a wait and see, but I, I think mean, he I, gold. I, yeah, I, I kind of think so too. And in, in that division and in the AFC, I mean, you know, he's going from the AFC South to the AFC North, different breed. Right. Different type of competition. You know, you're not just beating up on the Jaguars a couple times a year. And then who knows what's going on with the Colts and all that other kinds of stuff. So Joey, they brought yeah. in a Ferrari and they can't pay for the gas mm -hmm. is exactly what they did. Now, you did mention the other teams. Uh, Baltimore. I always believe in Baltimore. I live in Maryland, but I believe in Baltimore just for the fact that they always find a way to put a team together. Yeah. I'm not I'm still not sold on Lamar, uh, but. As far as this team is one of the best run teams. I just talked about one of the worst run teams. Baltimore, as much as I cannot stand them, they're good. And it's kind of like this. When I was uh, back at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown, I was in a fraternity that had a lot of soccer players. And our rival fraternity had a lot of soccer players. We were recruiting the same guys. If you took our jackets off, we were the same exact people. But we clashed. And we, we had a brawl one week. Um, it, it was just didn't get along, but we were the same group. And now if I meet one of those guys, we're like, yeah, we're, boy, how stupid were we? But that's kind of how Baltimore and Pittsburgh are. They're built the same way. They're very good organizations. And they're always going to fight. Eric DaCosta is an awesome general manager. Yeah. And this pains me. I'm having chest pains now saying, complimenting Baltimore. Because I hate it. I hate that I have to compliment Baltimore, but they will always find a way to be in the mix just like Pittsburgh's always going to be in the mix. You know, they're not going to, you're not going to see losing seasons. And we even have BTSC has a nickname for John Harbaugh because we, we can't stand him so much. And uh, we call him Wang Harbs. And that's just something that's taken off. Everybody knows who Wang Harbs is now. Um, but this guy is just, uh, he's hell of a coach though. Cincinnati I want to see another year out of them, but they're making all the right moves right now. They're, they're bolstering that offensive line and everybody after the Super Bowl, everybody was saying, Oh, their offensive line 
just if they had an offensive line, they'd win. Well, well, and am I out of line saying that they got a lot of really interesting breaks during their playoff run? I oh, mean, oh, oh, you know, the, the not Raiders, out of line. You know what I mean? Like, also, I'm I'm really kind of just kind of curious a little bit about that too as we move into the next year. I think Joe Burrow will be better, but are all the pieces around him going to be that amazing and perfect? Is Jamar Chase going to put up what 220 yards against the Chiefs in a regular season game again? You know, there's some stuff there that that was a little, um, you know, the stars were aligned for them in a lot of ways at different moments. They, you know, they they were darlings last year because one, they were they were shutting up Jackson Mahomes, and everybody loved that that they didn't have to see Jackson Mahomes and and Brittany Mahomes now for another two weeks at the Super Bowl. So they loved that. They loved the Joe Burrow story is great. I love Joe Burrow as a quarterback. I, I really yeah. do. Um, but that team is going to end up being an abhorred team once again, but I think they're going to be better than they were when they had all the punks that they did in the past. They're, uh, they're building themselves in a better image and they're, they're a decent team. This is going to be a very good division, but Cleveland's going to be at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Slip it in there, baby. Slip it, slip it right in there. Um, I, I, I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, from an outsider's perspective or what you've seen, not just maybe necessarily specifically the moves because we really haven't done too much. What is your particular perspective on the direction that the Chicago Bears are trying to go in right now? You know what? I'm kind of liking the fact that they moved on from Matt Nagy. And it's just, I it just wasn't working. And it felt like, and I'm going to be perfectly honest, we, we used to say this when we were talking about you know, the Mitch Trubisky situation way before he signed like three or four weeks when we jumped on that bandwagon. And we were just talking about the fact that, you know, dreams seem to go to die there lately when they have the, all the talent in the world, they have playoff teams. Yeah. They, they had a really good defense. You, I mean, now Khalil Mack's gone. I understand that, but it just seemed that nothing was pulling that team together. And I think with, uh, you know, you have a, a really, I think you have a really good general manager now. Um, the coaching, I, I really think that they can go ahead. They have a chance to move on up and be a team for the next 10 years, the next decade to be in that wild card or be in the division hunt. Because I really see in the next year or two, the whole, especially with Devonte Adams going now, and we're in the twilight of, a Ron's career you know I, I could I could see the Bears having an opportunity and the Lions are just the Browns in Honolulu blue you know I mean plain and simple they're yeah they're going to be the Browns. Uh, I, I'm really excited for uh, like it's like a weird it's like a weird show on uh the sci-fi network or something it's the 50 million dollar 42 year old man here he is <laughs> ladies and gentlemen no receivers crazy <laughs> thoughts um have at it yeah, no, you're, you're, you're bringing up a really interesting point. It's vexed Bears fans for a very long time, and maybe I can ask you because you've seen sustained success before. You know, we have, we've had it multiple times throughout the last 20 years. We'll have a 13-win season, and then the next year we'll fall right on our face. You know, what is it maybe from offseason to offseason where we, it seems like Bears fans just kind of, you know, we watch our teams, and we seem like we kind of maybe rest on our laurels a little bit. You know, do you – from a Steelers perspective, is that how you guys don't really approach your off seasons like that? But like, what is it about continued sustained success? You know, where does it start? Does it start with the coaching staff? Does it start start with a particular position group of a foundation? You know, what is it that allows you guys to carry it from year to year to keep stacking up wins? Something that the bears obviously have not been able to do for the last, whatever, 30, 40 years. Well, when you look at, I mean, gosh, I was born in 1971. In 1969, they brought in Chuck Knoll. Mm -hmm. And there was a, there have only been two coaching changes since then. You know, and that's it. Mike Tomlin's been there. He's going into year 16. You know, Bill Cower was there 15 years. Chuck for 23. I mean, that there is so much consistency there. But Steeler fans are mad because they're not – we're we're the worst fan base as far as being spoiled. The the well, I see I see stuff just real quick. So like, of course, you're allowed to criticize anyone, and that's what we do as fans. We're critical. We yell at the TV, all that good stuff. But, um, you know, are you are you surprised sometimes at the amount of vitriol that goes towards Mike Tomlin, 
Or, Absolutely. Yeah, because it blows my mind. I, I would drive him. I would go to Squirrel Hill, Nut Valley. I would pick him up. I would drag him to Chicago if I could. Oh, yeah. And 31 other teams would, too. Yeah. If he was available. I mean, he is not going. He would not be on the market more than two days. I'd be shocked if he wasn't at another press conference. He is that good. See, people are tired of the cliches, which I love. Uh, I love when he's yeah. throwing out stuff like popcorn and obviously, and we're not going to paint paint with a uh, a broad brush. And if you've got red, paint the barn red. I love. What did he? Like what did he tell? What did he tell Claypool this year about the division of labor or something like oh, that? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's it's, uh, so good. <laughs> division of labors. Yeah, that's that's a big Tomlin thing. Uh, his press conferences are a lot of fun, but you know, people think that he's all speak and he's not the guy is to me, he is the, one of the best player coaches I've ever seen, but he keeps them accountable. And this whole AB thing and Le'Veon Bell thing that fell back on Tomlin a little bit, which it shouldn't have because they thought, Oh, he's too much of a player's coach. He wants to be their buddies. No, he's, he's not. <laughs> Yeah, he kept it all together. I mean, as far as long as he could, that that balloon was going to burst either way, right? I mean, he kept it for as long as he could going. Absolutely. And what did Mitch Trubisky and what did Miles Jack say? They said one of the reasons I'm coming here is because of Mike Tomlin. Hmm. People want to play for Mike Tomlin. Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to play for Mike Tomlin, and that's the only reason they were in those rumors for so. That was never going to happen, but that rumor was because he complimented him. And in week four, they they like looked at each other and and shared shared eyes yeah. and everybody looked at that. And but if I can interject really quick, why why do you think an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson didn't happen in the offseason draft capital? It's just not the Steelers way. Like you said what, what, what was it? Yeah. Yeah. Look, they would have loved to have brought Russell Wilson in. They would have loved to have brought Aaron Rodgers in. You can't, though. And the reason you can't is because. Remember that that joke that I threw in about the Browns just got a Ferrari and they can't pay for the gas? Mm -hmm. Gosh, they don't have a lot of draft. They only have six draft picks to begin with, and they've got a lot of holes to fill. So I would I would much rather them get these guys that that have been let go from other teams like a Miles Jack, a guy that has some question marks like Mitch Trubisky, but you definitely see a huge upside. I'd rather them do that and build a team with pieces of the puzzle because Ryan Clark's a great example. How many people knew who this guy was? Nobody knew who Ryan Clark was. I, I knew he was on, on Washington, but that was about it. And he was actually on the New York giants before that Pittsburgh was his third team. And he was the perfect Robin to trade Palomalu's Batman. And that's when I'm talking about, I'll say piece of the puzzle until I'm blue in the face because that's what Pittsburgh does. So if you bring in, look at Denver, they brought in Russell Wilson. They have an opportunity to win the title this year, but in three or four years, the whole thing's going to be, they're going to be straight through the rubble. Yeah, absolutely. And this, it worked for the Los Angeles Rams. That was like a two or three year plan, but the Rams are going to be basement dwellers for a long time in a couple of years, because you can't just give all of that away. One thing that I would probably, if I'm looking at the difference between Pittsburgh and Chicago, I think uh, I'd like to see Chicago get a little more homegrown. Hmm. I I think I think uh, growing your own growing your own meals is probably a whole lot better than getting takeout all the time. And it seems like they're looking for that home run and takeout, and they're looking for they're they're throwing they're throwing a, a couple number ones at Khalil Mack, and they're they're throwing a couple number ones to get this guy when i'd rather see them them build and yeah no I, our, our perfect really example our perfect example real quick is that you know we've paid something like 70 million dollars to four different tight ends over the last you know five or six years until we finally drafted cole Komet. i mean we paid trey burton a ton of money we gave um kellen davis a ton of money martellus bennett jimmy graham you know what i mean all of them yeah. just kind of turn styles you know what i mean and maybe cole Komet, the drafting style is going to work out. Now, obviously, Fryermuth is already better than Cole Komet, which is <laughs> inordinately frustrating. But, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I hopefully that is the, the right path to maybe the sustained success I'm trying to figure out. Because I think Bears fans, I think we admire 
the Steelers just in the sense of just the consistency. I mean, God, to, oh, only to be so lucky to just rack up eight, nine, ten wins every single year and get in the dance and just see what happens. Now, I'm going to break out my inner scout ge- stat geek. So uh, the, the misses will love this because I actually put together some stats that I thought was very important to look at Ooh. one of the difference between Pittsburgh and Chicago. And when you look at since the merger, uh-huh. 1970, and this is me just not going wanting to go back to 1933 with stats. So, uh, so that's why I always do the merger. And I always do 1969 instead of 70 when it's the Steelers because that's when Joe Green and, and Chuck Knoll came on. Yeah, and if you but, go further back, they're fighting over the AFL and TV yeah, rights and a bunch yeah. of whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we don't want any part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So since 1970, the Steelers have had 25 quarterbacks to start a game for them. So that's at a rate of 0.48%. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Chicago Bears, where do you think they rank? You know, since 70, I don't know this number because obviously it's over. It's well over 30 in this century, I believe. So I'm going to guess I'm going to go 58. Okay, you're very close. So I'm looking at 52 years. They're at 51. 51. My God. And they would be tied for last place, but they're not because the Cleveland Browns, and you know, you know, the joke with the, the Jersey and they keep on adding the, the duct <laughs> yeah, yeah. tape with the names on them, the Cleveland Brown Jersey, that meme, they, they have 51 as well. However, they had three years off in that time. So they are, oh, over, they are 1.04. Should have given Derek Anderson money. Should have paid Derek Anderson. There you go. (laughs) And they wouldn't be at the bottom of that list. Now, a little trivia in here. Pittsburgh shared four quarterbacks in that time. And actually, you could honestly say five. But I'm going to throw two out. I'm going to throw throw out Kent Nix. Because Kent, Kent Nix started for the Steelers in 68. And he started for the Bears in like 71. Yeah. So, so we, throwing, so throwing Steelers and Bears quarterbacks that we share, right? Yes. And Tom I'm gonna Zach, throw in Tom Zach, Cordell. Yep. Jim Miller. Yep. There you go. There's the three. Oh, the other the one, other one was Quinn. But <laughs> what is it, Jonathan or Mike? Uh, is it Jonathan? It was, jo- or... it was Jonathan. Uh, but yeah. I'm not counting that because he's never he never started a game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fair. Very so, fair. but man, the three, you got the three though. Oh man. You know what? It's like, um, it's like a nervous tick knowing all the <laughs> bears quarterbacks of the last 20, 20, 30 years for the love of Bob Avellini. You did it. <laughs> Holy Moses Moreno. I finally, <laughs> I, I love it. I, Colorado, I, State. Colorado State. Yeah, baby. He came in. He won a couple of games for us. Uh, yeah. I mean, God, it's, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's really, ha- it's really sad. And what I like to talk about a lot of times and I try and impart upon this with my wife because she, you guys have had Ben, you know, the last 17, 18 years. I am, I think Chicago Bears fans want a quarterback so badly, but I don't even think we really even know what a great quarterback is. You know, it's just one of those things of like, you know, what's the, um, what's the allegory of, you know, we have our face to the cave and we have no idea that there's sunlight on the other side. So, you know, we get really wrapped up. And I think that's another thing that if we can roll back to Mitch real quick, we squeezed Mitch so hard because I don't think we really understood what it took for maybe patience, time, understand what he's good at. You know, we immediately just want to throw the book at somebody and say, you know, they suck, get out of town. When I don't think Bears fans even really know what great quarterback play is. And I'm sort of sitting here with Justin Fields being like, you know, he kind of looks like the guys that I see on other teams on Sundays, but I'm not seeing it every single play. I'm trying to mix and match and put it together. It's, it's a tough place to be because I just don't think we know what it is. And you know why that is? It's because they lost a coin flip. You, you know Bradshaw? what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The Bears, yeah. Bears drafted second. Um, they lost that coin flip. And to that point, Terry Bradshaw would not – Terry Bradshaw would be Mitch Trubisky if he played in 2021 because, sure. man, it took him four and a half years. He wasn't even the starter at the beginning of that season – in 1974 when they won the super bowl they would have run him out of town but he was in the he was in the best position he was with the roonies he was in pittsburgh but 
there are a lot of people that the people that will will pray to the shrines of TB, the original TB12, not none of this goat business with uh, with that other guy that was in Massachusetts and now in retirement in Tampa. Um, we're not talking about that TB12, but they were on him. They they wanted no part of that guy at the very beginning and because he, he wasn't good. Yeah, no. And you're bringing up a, an interesting point where, you know, I think Tannehill is a great comp for Trubisky, especially heading into this year, because, um, you know, I think it's a little bit of a system confidence, maturation time. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, we look back at some of our, some of the greats that came around, you know, Drew Brees wasn't that great in San Diego before he no. went to New Orleans, you know, no, they ran him out of at, town. And if you look at Ben's numbers, Ben became a different player over time, right? I mean, you guys were winning along the way. That really helped him out. But you didn't really start to see those big numbers, those 30-touchdown seasons, to what, maybe his fourth year? Is that accurate yeah, somewhere around yeah. there? I mean, gosh, look at his numbers when he was Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. He was Rookie of the Year based on uh, winning those 14 games in a row and then the other one in the playoffs. But they were quite pedestrian, but they were able to protect him. You had Deuce Staley, Jerome Bettis. You had the beginnings of Willie Parker, who only played in a couple snaps in 04. But yeah. they they had the receivers. You had Hines. You had Plexico. You, you had guys that could protect him. You had a good offensive line. He was in the perfect situation in Pittsburgh. And that's why he got off to an amazing start. Let's get you out of here on this. Um... We're coming up on it in a couple of days. Take us behind the steel curtain. Are you uh, Oscars, yay or nay? Are you into it? Have you seen some of the movies? Is that kind of your thing or not really? I am a huge Oscars guy, but I got to tell you, I I hardly know what's going on right now. And yeah. I have been so engulfed in everything black and gold that, I mean, I know there's a movie out there called Coda. Yes. I know, um, but I, I consider myself an Oscar trivia guy. I love, I I love no, trying to see every single movie that uh, is nominated every year. And this year I haven't seen any, um, but licorice pizza, I guess that's one of them. And I think Brad, Bradley Cooper's in that, right? Bradley Cooper's in a couple of them. He's in nightmare alley too. That's as well. right. He's got, he's that's got right. a couple on the list. So, you know, I, I know there's some stuff out there that I will probably, uh, I will watch the Oscars and then I'll probably turn around and uh, catch up on the movies. I want to catch up with afterwards, but one of my favorite weekends that is not involved in sports. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, like I love, uh, we love getting together and maybe doing like, we, we've done a couple prop sheets a couple of times, maybe like a little gambling on the Oscars and I'm with love you, it. I guess maybe it has been tough, you know, you know, with limited viewings at movie theaters and all of them going to different streaming platforms. It's hard to pick which one is here or there, but no Coda's Coda's a fantastic one. Um, I did like West side story a whole lot. Um, Nightmare Alley or Matt Nagy's offense, whatever you want to call it, uh, was a, quite a, was a real spiral of a tale. Um, it's basically the Matt Nagy story. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, I, I enjoy it every season. It's something that I wish we could, we could celebrate a little bit more, but it's been kind of tamped down a little bit. I'm hoping that it comes back up. Well, being a pop culture guy, like I am, I absolutely, I, I love the Oscars. Remember my, my parents used to let me stay up and watch them. And they were long back then. And Johnny Carson was the host every single year in the, like in the eighties. And I'd watch those. And I remember chariots of fire one for 1981. <laughs> and I, so, and I loved the song. The song went to number one, May 8th, 1982. Yeah. And I'm like, I've got to go see that movie. It just won the Oscar. The song's awesome. My gosh, I was probably about nine or 10 and I bit all my fingernails off because I was bored out of my skull. I cannot tell you what that movie was about. I think dudes were running and that's it because I was just bored. But the night before my parents took me to see Rocky three and I was like, why didn't they give Mr. T the Oscar? Come on. Yeah. I mean, with that well, famous line, Hey woman, Hey woman. <laughs> well, seriously, Stallone not winning a couple of years ago, I think is one of the bigger uh, Rob jobs of the last yeah of the last decade or so. I mean, he's fantastic in the movie and it kind of ropes back around and it's very entwined in Hollywood. I feel like they sometimes they, they miss the boat on some things sometimes. And, and you know what my saddest Oscar story is? I'll tell you this. It's all has to do with Eddie Murphy, not winning for, uh, Oh my gosh. Dream I, girls. I, dream girls. Mm-hmm. And he would have won that, 
but they released Norbert or Norbit or whatever that movie was, right? And it was right beforehand, and that just soured the taste of voters. It it seemed like he was a shoe in to win that. And I think with some of these actors, yeah, I mean, you gotta give them when the iron's hot and not look at anything else. I don't care if it's, don't give them the Lifetime Achievement Award, but if they're that good, give it to them. Yeah, uh, that reminds me of, I think, the year, or like, it got pushed back because it was a bad movie, but I remember like Matt Damon's Goodwill Hunting run, and then didn't like uh, Stuck on You, that Twins Farley Brothers movie came out, like right around the same time, yeah, but it got pushed back. It, it, it was a couple gotta... years, it was a couple years after, but they did win screenplay, though. But my gosh, they were, they were up against Titanic, though. Yeah, that... tough year. Yeah, tough year. Oh my gosh, that was a great year because you had Boogie Nights, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Burt did. Burt Reynolds did win for that, so I was thrilled mm. with with Burt winning Boogie Nights. But you had Boogie Nights as good as it gets. You had uh, Titanic, and uh, there was in Goodwill Hunting. You had all yeah. those movies out there. That, one of the best years for movies. Yeah, that's crazy. I do some uh, and I do some movie pods on on this particular bet on Chicago Pod, which actually I would love to have you on sometime if you ever wanted to do a movie. Oh, with I would, me. I we would get a nice it. panel together and we just rip it up and do the whole thing. And you just go through, you know, the, the movies that come out in 1993, and it's literally like 50, 60 deep of like, I don't know if they're like the greatest films of all time, but they're all classics movies that we've seen 20, 30, 40 times. And it, and it is just strange that it's only, you know, maybe six or seven movies that kind of really make it out into the ether now these and days. Guess what? I had I was a I was 20 years old and I I just graduated college and I got the morning show gig at the top 40 radio station in town. Yes. And the the uh, cinemas gave me a free pass to go and I could take a date. I could take anybody I wanted and I would just have to talk about the movies. And if it stunk. I would just say, hey, you might like it. Go see it. But I saw everything. I saw Forrest Gump seven times that year. I saw Shawshank yeah. 3. I saw, my gosh, Pulp Fiction. That's 94 is another year. We could go crazy, crazy year. in 94. Crazy year. Oh, man. I, I definitely want to be on that show. Please. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk afterwards, and I'll get your stuff, and then we'll talk about what movie we want to do and got some stuff. I got some ideas about a couple of movies that I've wanted to do for a long I'm, time. I'm I don't thinking, know. what about Bob? <laughs> I'm just Ooh. kidding. Oh no, I love I love what I love what about Bob so deeply. Um backdraft is still on the list very much. Um, and like I a... said, Boogie Nights. I, I could talk about Boogie Nights all day long. Disclaimer, we are about to discuss the penis. And then we do like twenty <laughs> we do twenty five minutes on it. Uh that's a perfect time to get Brian Anthony Davis out of here. And great. Thank you, thank penis you so much. and Brian Anthony Davis <laughs> all in the so same much. ten seconds. Thank, oh. you, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Um Honestly, truly, uh, I, I really appreciate every time that you reach out. I love joining your guys' program. I'm so happy and grateful that you're coming on onto my program. I don't think it's going to be the last. Please, before you go, um, throw out your socials and the BTSC socials too as well. So for the audience listening right now, they can check out your stuff and follow it along because the NFL doesn't stop 24-7 all the way till kickoff next September. They're going to want to check out your guys' stuff. Well, thank you so much. At BTSC, B-A-D, I go by bad on all the shows. So that's an easy way to remember it. And at BT Steel Curtain for the entire uh, on Twitter as well. You can check us out on Facebook. We have a new social media manager as well. So hopefully you'll be seeing a whole lot more of us. Three new shows every single day. Three original shows every single day, um, all week long, all year long. We're at Christmas. I'll be wearing a Santa hat and saying something stupid, but I'll be there. Um, you know, we are there all the time and I love it because we're just fans talking about Steelers. That's right. So on 4th of July, they can always go to BTSC and still get all the, all the best stuff because it never stops. It doesn't stop. And hey, I love it on 4th of July, 2020, I interviewed Jordan Dangerfield on that day on really? YouTube. Yeah. So I, we got, we got him on 4th of July. We're like, all right, he wants to come on. Like, all right. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> We do 4th of July. Damn it. Fire up the grill. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the pod, man. Great to see you and hope to have you back soon. We're doing a movie. This was an absolute delight. Thank you so much. I loved it. 
Today's episode of Bet on Chicago with Joey Christopoulos was presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. And also today's episode is presented by Athletic Greens. One year free of vitamin D supplements if you go to athleticgreens.com backslash believe b-l-e-a-v thank you so much for checking out this pod you can follow me at joey sports guy we'll be back with plenty more stuff next week but until then be well be safe please be good to each other and remember when in doubt always bet on chicago thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.